Hey there, I'm Haley. I'm the sister. And I'm Zach, the brother. And this is... Laughing at Ourselves. Welcome to our podcast. It's one about movies. Each month, one of us chooses a theme, and we do deep dives into the films that we love, that are important to us, that we hate, but we hate watch. Just movies we want to talk about, because we're siblings, and we're siblings that love talking movies. So, hi Haley. Hey Zach. We are starting recording a little earlier than usual because um, Haley has decided that her plans with her husband are more important than this podcast. So, we're recording fast and recording early, so uh, thanks to Haley for that. What? We don't have to record (laughs) fast, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Just messing with you, even though I think it's very clear now who's more dedicated to this project than than, <laughs> than the other. You know, the, there's the one, like myself, who gets on her records, and then there's the one who does all the social media and all of the website stuff and all of the planning and prep and thought process, which is you, but at least I'm here to record. So I wanted to... I, so I have some thoughts on this. No, it's not like... <laughs> It's not. So I used to make fun of people who manage social media accounts because I was like, that's a job. Like, really? Like, you're just posting things. Oh, no, no, no. It is so hard. You have to look at what's in. You got to look at hashtags. There's statistics involved. You got to figure out when to post. There's all. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And I get it. And. It's funny because all of, like, the job postings for, like, social media are, like, the lowest salary ever. It's like, I don't know. And it sounds like it's something that you have to constantly do. And it damages your soul because you just have to look into the void that is the Internet. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have to, (laughs) if you post something, you got to comment on it right away. It's just like, oh, my gosh. I, I... I'm sorry that I made fun of people who did that. Uh, I respect you now, and um, I am enjoying learning it. I am, but it's definitely made me respect that career more. (laughs) Like, holy crap. No, Haley is the real hero of this podcast because she comes up with ideas, and I'm just here to just blabber on about movies, so... (laughs) You got anything for Pop Culture Corner? For those who are new, Pop Culture Corner is where we talk about things that we're enjoying currently. It is something that we are not consistent on, but I'm trying to make it a fun little thing we do so we don't just jump right into the movie. Oh, I watched um, Harley Quinn, or the Birds of Prey movie, which they later like made it the longest title ever because they feared that nobody knew what that was. Birds of Prey or the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, something like that. Yeah, I was like, why mm-hmm. did they do that? Like, is is ridiculous. But anyway, I know a lot of people hated it, and it came out at a horrible time because it was like kind of like right before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. It was like it was there with like the Invisible Man or something like that, which was oh. in theaters like forever. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, I know the parents, our parents, they walked out on it. But anyway, I just wanted to say I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. They walked out? Yeah, they walked out. They walked out, like, within 20 minutes of it. I don't know why. 
So I <laughs> I hated Suicide Squad. Really? Hated that movie. <laughs> um, Can you tell me but why? I've heard, uh, because it was, you could tell that it was a movie that had promise, but then the studio messed with it. Like, mm-hmm. what I've read is that the the guy who wrote it and, and the people who directed it, they had a cut of the movie mm-hmm. that was a little bit longer and it was a little bit darker. And... Um, they showed it to test audiences and the test audiences weren't happy with it. So they gave it to a company. They gave the movie to a company who makes uh-huh. trailers oh. and it's a, the company made the very first trailer and it was the one that got people excited. And they yeah. said, okay, people responded to your trailer. So re-edit the whole movie oh, no. without the director. Uh-huh. And then they showed that to test audiences, and test audiences liked that more. So it's more of a bunch of trailers stitched together. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, uh, but I've heard that Birds of Prey is amazing, and that <laughs> Harley Quinn's character has done justice because there was a lot of like, a lot more females, you know, women involved uh-huh. in like the making of it, and a woman directed it. And so I, uh, I want to see it. I'm I'm surprised that the parents walked out. Yeah, it was super fun. Just go in with, I don't know, know that it's going to be different. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was, yeah, me and Michael had a lot of fun watching it. What did you think of Jared uh, Leto as the Joker real quick? Hated it. Really? Yeah, I, and I like Heath Ledger as the Joker. Uh-huh. But I'm open to, like, other interpretations. Yeah. But Jared Leto's Joker, not only is it just, like, hot topic goth where it's, like, twisted or whatever written on his face, but I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. And I also know Jared Leto's kind of a dick in real life. Uh Uh-huh. And... um, I don't know if you heard any of the behind-the-scenes stuff that happened oh, with him. Oh, yeah. He sent, like, people, like, really crazy things, and, yeah. What did you hear? Yeah. Oh, he sent people, like, used condoms and dead rats. He used condoms? That's so <laughs> nasty. Yep. Because he was the Joker, and he had to go method and get twisted. And so... No. Yeah, I just, yeah, that's, no. So I was just turned off by it. I I had been very excited to see Suicide Squad. It looked like a Guardians uh-huh. of the Galaxy, but I just, I didn't, yeah. I couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. Did you like, did you like it? Um, I don't mean to shit on a movie you no, liked. No, no. Um, <laughs> you know, I enjoyed it, but it was just like, it wasn't technically like, good i liked it i mean (laughs) it's like it's like pizza i mean it's not bad like if you get bad pizza it's still good good pizza is still good yeah i enjoyed it but did you like did you like jared leto's joker oh did without knowing all the dumb uh, shit he did outside of the heath I, i think no one can beat heath but i did like his portrayal it was okay i don't know 
Apparently, they have so much footage of his interpretation of a Joker that they could make a Joker mm-hmm. film. So yeah. maybe, I don't know if we need to give him a bigger chance, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You will like Birds of Prey more than that, though, I'll assure you. Yeah, I do want to see it. I've heard very good things. And uh, the, one of the big things that I remember from that movie, besides there being just a lot of like different music, is uh, when we walked out, the people that Amanda and I saw it with, uh, the guy, our coworker at the time, he said, you know what? I think that the Jared Leto Joker, he was a thousand times better than Heath Ledger. Oh, that's when you and stop like, being friends with that person. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, you may have differing opinions, but that Heath Ledger Joker was, it's been overhyped and overtalked about, but that was a once-in-a-lifetime performance that, so, I don't know. Yeah. Um... I won't spend too long on my pop culture corner. Um, I am getting Amanda to read the comic Watchmen. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, love that comic. Iffy on the movie, but I'm she's reading it because we're going to watch the TV series. And that's my pop culture thing is the Watchmen TV series, the miniseries on HBO was phenomenal. Mm. If you have you watched it? I have not watched any Watchmen stuff. Have you read the comic? I I haven't read the book. I read V for Vendetta, but I need to read okay. Watchmen cuz I, I really I, enjoyed that one. I think that you you would enjoy the comic. It's older. Mm-hmm. Um it, it was done in the 80s, but it's an interesting take on, you know, the hero stuff. But I'd read it before you watch the series because mm-hmm. the series takes place like 20 years after the comic. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the better adaptations of a comic where it takes the themes mm-hmm. and actually says something very relevant to today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my pop culture corner. Um, all right. What is our what, what are we talking about today? We are discussing the movie Away We Go with John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph. Indeed. Now, our theme for our first, our first little theme that we've been doing is, is coming-of-age films. And uh, I was actually talking to Amanda about this, and it got me thinking. I don't know if Away We Go is strictly a coming-of-age film, because they are already of age they're going on to a new part like coming of age is usually um you know the younger stuff i think 500 days is still a little bit of a coming of age movie and obviously like Mm -hmm. eighth grade or the high school movies but this is i think it's still a good way to cap off this series because we've done a lot of movies where it's people growing and learning Mm -hmm. and then this is a nice way to end it with it's now let's find home and mm-hmm. find our family. Really? I saw it as a, th- a coming-of-age movie when I was watching it because it's also really? like the separation of parents. You know, they're realizing yeah. the parents aren't going to be involved. Like, what? We moved here for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely saw it. I think that they grew and they realized that, um, yeah, I just think they grew from it. 
I get that. I see. I I go back and forth as I as I was watching it because there's definitely parts where it's like the they are growing up here, mm-hmm. but then they you know it's also it's not so much about just growing up but being a family, which I think is a. I don't know. I'm I'm willing to talk about this movie anytime because this is one of my favorite movies ever made. So <laughs> wait, what does it uh, rank out of like? Is it in your top oh, five? Um. It has it has gone in and out of my top five mm-hmm. multiple times. Uh, it will probably float back in after this viewing. I tend to like not think about it for a while, mm-hmm. and then it drifts. It always stays in my top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now it's at like six or seven. I think maybe six is into the Spider Verse, and then seven is away we go. But I'll probably be adjusting that um, on Letterbox soon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it was really good. What, this was not your first time seeing it, right? No, I watched it when I was younger, and I think I watched it with you. Is that right? I pro- I this feels like a movie I would have shown you. I think I watched it maybe. I want to say maybe like ten years ago, and it, okay. it was funny but it in no way related to what I was going through at all because I think I was still in high school. Um, so watching it now really made it felt so relevant to what I was going through. Um, me and Michael are trying to find a home right now. Uh, we feel that maybe there's better options for us for more opportunities for careers and stuff. So we've been very much scoping out places to live. And it was very, it was a film that was very comforting to watch. Right. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yep. I think I watched this around the time that Amanda and I first moved from Arizona to Virginia. Mm -hmm. And it is very much a like finding your Finding you and your partner's place in the world. it so good. I got goosebumps, so, but I don't think there's another movie like made like this or like similar. Because whenever I think of it, I'm just like, why aren't there more movies like this? This is such a crucial point in everyone's life. I know. It's, it's so good. It's so... Away we go. Uh, do, you, do you know much about this movie? I know nothing. I mean... Nothing? Besides that I liked it. (laughs) Besides that you liked (laughs) it. So this was made by uh, Sam Mendes, um, a director Mm -hmm. who's pretty famous. Um, He's done, I mean, he did, his first big movie was uh, American Beauty, um, which got him a lot of acclaim. I haven't seen that Uh, one. He did Jarhead with Jake Gyllenhaal, which was very good. Um, he's done a movie with, um, I believe that's the Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, the Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet movie, Revolutionary Road. No, um, I don't like that one. <laughs> he's been pretty popular recently for doing a few of the Bond movies, but he was actually, uh, did you see 1917? Yes. Oh, did he do he, that? He directed. Yep, he directed that. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Have you seen that yet? <laughs> I have not. Oh, you need to watch it. I was like glued to... I was... I, the anxiety wasn't as intense as Uncut Gems, but it was there. 
Like but I it was would definitely yeah, I would definitely do a little research before you watch it so you can kind of like get in the mindset of like where they are at cuz it's insane. Yeah, I know it's supposed to look like it takes like the whole film's supposed to look like two shots. So I know it's yeah. I want to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um so this movie was written by uh a husband and a wife. Uh, Dave Eggers and uh, Vendela Vida, I believe is how you pronounce her name. Um, this movie is partially, I guess, based on some of their life mm-hmm. a little bit or their marriage. Um, do you know Dave Eggers? No. Does that name sound familiar? No, so, I know. No, I don't know. Okay. He is... Um, he is an author. He's written a lot of books. He what his most popular one is a heartbreaking work of oh god, what is it? Heartbreaking work of staggering genius, which is a great title. Yeah. <laughs> heartbreaking work of staggering genius. Um very good book. I would recommend it. Um he's written a lot of nonfiction. He, this was one of his first movies that he wrote, but you would know him from a movie you and I saw together and from a book that you bought me. Like, you actually bought me one of his books. What? What book? He did the novel version and wrote the screenplay for Where the Wild Things Are. Mmm. That's You remember cool. that book you got me that was all, like, furry? Oh. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he um, he did the screenplay for that, but this was his first movie with his wife. Uh, this movie has, I think, such an underrated cast. Mm-hmm. The cast to this is amazing. So the two main people, John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph, two actors I would not have put together. Nope. But they have such good chemistry in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Daniels and Catherine O'Hara are the parents. Love Catherine O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Allison Janney, who I think I said when we talked about The Way Way Back that Allison Janney basically plays the same character in The Way Way Back that she does here. Yep. I don't know if you agree, but... Oh, I agree entirely. <laughs> that was my notes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, so Maggie Gyllenhaal is in this. Great, great. Oh, gosh. She's hilarious. And her husband is actually, uh, the dad in eighth grade. Oh, my gosh. That was him. Yep. And then, uh, there's, uh, Chris Messina. The, he's the friend that lives in Montreal. And he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and then Paul Schneider was in Parks and Rec, so very stacked cast. Uh, it's a short, quick little movie. It's 98 minutes, and it was, I tried to do research on this movie. Like, we try, we like to talk about the movie a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, how it was made. There's not a lot of information on this movie. No, there's nothing. I got one thing, and one thing only. So when what did they, you get? When they went down to Tucson, they filmed at a hotel that our cousin worked at. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so I was laughing. I was like, I've been to this hotel. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... It's a movie that was not really well-received. It got, like, people like, eh, on the movie. And um, the one, like, little interesting trivia thing that I found was uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal... Uh, Ellen, the woman that she plays, the like weird hippie. Oh, I know. <laughs> did Did you read who they originally cast for that? No. Tony Collette. Oh, you know what? But she backed out. Yeah. And so Maggie Gyllenhaal did it. I like Maggie doing it better. I think I love. Me too. She's Tony Collette is my favorite actress, but that role was perfect for Maggie Gyllenhaal. One hundred percent. So, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to this movie. Um, I think we should kind of jump into our discussion, but it's it's a cute little movie. I love it. I mean, where where does the, where does this one sit for you? Where did like as in like a five star? Yeah, or just how do you feel about this movie just mm-hmm. overall? So when I was. I know that this is one of your favorite movies ever, and I tried to. I don't like sci-fi movies, and please don't hate me, viewers, for that, or listeners. Um, (laughs) uh, But I know that this one and a couple of others would be soul-crushing if I didn't like it. So I was kind of going in like, I need to like this. But, like, there was no force or anything like that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this relates to my life so much right now. It was so enjoyable. Me and Michael were laughing so much. And Michael It's a really funny movie. Yeah. (laughs) Michael is Bert. Michael, my husband, he is Bert. Um, In the scene, he... uh, He's just this, like, John Krasinski plays this just lovable guy that is just amazing. But uh, there was a scene with Maggie Gyllenhaal where she's kind of just being so rude to Maya Rudolph. It was unnecessary, giving just, well, anyway, John Krasinski. Oh, yeah, she's also being, like, low-key racist. Yeah, uh-huh. With the whole, like, you're... Your people have such an amazing culture, uh, and are you going to tell them about it? It's like, fuck you. Oh, gross. <laughs> Sorry. No. But yeah. 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 John Krasinski was just like, enough, and like any good husband would do, stuck up for his wife. And that was Michael right there. And then him bringing in the stroller, that was also Michael. <laughs> <laughs> There, there is a small detail that, to that scene, and I think you should rewatch it after we talk uh-huh. about this. But the way that John Krasinski walks around in those in those little slippers, where he like lifts up his feet a little too much, that he's trying to be awkward and delicate, it's it makes me laugh every time. He is so funny in that scene. <laughs> I will have oh, to rewatch so that. That well, we should probably like discuss. Do we want to start with the stroller scene? Or are we gonna start somewhere else? This is your favorite movie. You lead it. <laughs> I mean, we can start there. I, I will say, uh, I mean, I think we can talk about maybe start off with talking about the two main characters because it's so much about, you know, Bert and, um, oh, God, why am I blank- blanking on her name? Bert and Verona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's so much about John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph. I think. You know, we can get into talking about our favorite parts with those two, you yeah. know, the highlights there. Um, 
I don't know about you, but when I saw this, uh, oh, I don't think it would have applied to you because I know you're younger, but um, when I saw this, I, w- I had started to get a little bit of John Krasinski fatigue. He, I mean, this was when he was in the height of his fame with The Office. Mm-hmm. I know he's got a lot going now. He was in The Office. He was showing up in a lot of movies. And there was just... I, I think this was also around the time that I was starting to get a little lost on The Office. Mm-hmm. I, I can't marry this up exactly. But, you know, the first, like, three or four seasons of The Office are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of wavers a little bit. And so I wasn't sure about him as, like, a lead. Mm-hmm. But he does such a good job in this yeah. movie. He's so funny. And y- you talk about how you think Michael is Bert. Yeah. And I, I get that 100%. Uh-huh. But Bert in this movie is 33 years old, uh-huh. which is how old I will be in about uh, in a couple of months. And so this movie, in a lot of ways, hit home for me and... There were things that Bert does that was like, oh, I feel like this is me. Really? There, there, there is a scene where, um, where Verona, Maya Rudolph's character, uh, who is six months pregnant, they're sitting on a train, and she is trying to get, trying to uh, read the heartbeat of the baby, mm-hmm. and she is explaining to John Krasinski's character, like, hey. Uh, we have to get the heart rate up a little bit. You know, I don't want her to be calm right now. She should be, like, really active while she's, you know, in my stomach. But then when she's out, she can be calm. And he's like, well, what can we do? And she's like, well, we should fight more. You know, you should get loud. You know, we never fight. And you know, I think she even says, like, you don't yell. You don't get loud. Yeah. And we should be getting loud. And so he just goes... Oh, you want me to get fucking loud and then throws out a like a swear I'm not going to repeat because not cool but it's c word sucker. Yeah. And it and not not the male version. It's not yeah. cock it's not cocksucker. It's the other one. Um He says this and he's shouting it. And then he gets the little things and he puts the headphones on. It's a running joke throughout the movie of him, like, yelling at her, but not really yelling at her, just trying to surprise her. And I felt like that was me, where I I don't, I mean, you can attest this, I don't yell. Nope. I don't really get, like, angry or raise my voice. I feel very uncomfortable with yelling. But I feel like Amanda has said stuff to me like that, like, you need need to get loud and I'll just, like, pretend to shout. I think one of the first times I went to Ikea with Amanda, we had such a good time. And this is a call back to our 500 Days of of Summer episode. We were having such a good time and we're like, shouldn't we be fighting? And so then I pretended to yell at Amanda. (laughs) And even that was just, she was like, you're not even yelling, you're just talking very loud. (laughs) And so, I don't know, I felt like Bert, and I don't think I'm 100% Bert, but there's, there's a few moments in this where I was like, ooh, this is, this is hitting a little close to home. So, um, let's see, getting into my notes on this movie, love this movie, um, 
I wrote a note down, and, and I don't know. I, I want to throw something out there, and as I say it, I think I'm going to be like, no, that's dumb, mm-hmm. but just tell me what you think. What? Is John Krasinski in this almost like the male version of a manic pixie dream girl? Hmm. Like, he's quirky, he's weird, I mean, he's more well-written, but he's got, like, I don't know, he just feels at times very odd and a little manic, but still doing things that help improve the people around them. I don't know. No, I wrote I can it down see that. just because we watched 500 Days of Summer and that we were talking about Manic Pixie Dream Girls. Is he a Manic Pixie Dream guy? That's an interesting thought. I'm over. Well, now I'm thinking it. I could definitely see that. Um, yeah. But I think there's people like that, though. Would that be? True. But also, there's not a lot of people like that, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's a great, like, perspective. Probably because he's just so likable, and he's just a very, yeah. Yeah, I would agree to, like, parts of that, for okay. sure. Yeah. I think, I think parts of this movie might be difficult for some people because... At times, Bert and Verona are the only good, sane people. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like they are above everyone else a little bit. But Mm -hmm. these actors play it so well that it's just they're trying to tell themselves these things so that their life will be okay. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like, uh, I don't know. There's just... I think we can talk first about the yeah. the scene with the parents, with Catherine O'Hara and um, Jeff Daniels. I mean, what a great scene of just awkward parents, mm-hmm. of just like the generational gap and like parents doing and saying things. That's like, why are they, stop doing yeah. that. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what did you think of that scene? I was so happy when they showed up, but uh, those actors, but... Yeah, so I thought it was an interesting take because if I were to go to our parents, I kind of just, when I watch a movie, I like to put myself in the shoes of the main characters. I just, I don't know. I've always been that way. And... Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, if I was in this situation and I told them, you know, like, oh, I'm due here, you know, and they tell me they're leaving the month before that, after we just moved there, I'd be like, what the fuck? (laughs) It was just like, what? (laughs) Like, I thought you were excited about this. Like, you should be happy. You know, you're getting a grandkid. But I mean, the parents live their own life. That's awesome. But it was kind of shitty for, um... I know, they're kids, because they moved there for them. Yeah. It's it's shitty, but it's also part of the thing that I think you learn, especially when you get older, that, like, your parents' lives don't revolve around mm-hmm. you as much anymore. And that's a weird feeling, but at the same time, like... No, I agree. I don't think it's displayed as well here, because 
yeah, they're going to be missing out on the first two years of their granddaughter, and yeah, that's all. But it is still kind of like, yeah, they should have their own lives, even if it's really weird. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Jeff Daniels' character can't pronounce indigenous, <laughs> indige, indigenous, <laughs> in, indigenous. Yeah, I know. That was funny. I think I would. I think I might yell at at Dad if he bought a twelve thousand dollar statue of just a random person. Oh, wait until you see their basement. It's like a Planet Hollywood down there. Oh, I've seen pictures, oh, yeah. and I and I know, like, I'm not gonna yell at them for that, but like, it's all cool stuff. Twelve thousand dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's all cool stuff. But like, twelve thousand dollars for a little statue of a Native American woman that you can't even pronounce indigenous? Like, (laughs) no. Yep, yeah. It was very, very odd. (laughs) Okay, so... Can um, we get new grandparents? I I put that as a no. (laughs) Yeah. Can we get new ones? I... What do you think of the scene of them right before they decide to move with her saying, like, the, the fuck-ups thing where, you know, uh, she's saying we're fuck-ups? and I thought that was so powerful because I feel like everybody at some point in their life has said it, but it's never been expressed, like, in a movie. This movie is very real, and that's what I like about it. It's not, like, very fantasy mm-hmm. or anything, like... They're, like, living in a very, like, torn-down house. Um, And it was just very powerful and very vulnerable, too. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. I mean, it's... Yeah, they're living in... They're living in a kind of a Mm shithole. You know, it's it's almost like a little trailer. Um, They've got a collection of things. Uh, that it just looks like junk and they're trying to stay warm. They've just found out that the, you know, they're not going to have grandparents around and their power goes out and, you know, Verona's like, are we fuck ups? And, you know, it's very much, it's a conversation I think a lot of partners will have mm-hmm. at some point or another where it's like, am I failure? Like, am, are we fucking up? Is this bad? Mm-hmm. And you got to be there for each other. And so it's, it's very sweet and. I think, I think uh, John John Krasinski's um, character is very good about keeping things positive. So, oh yes. Okay, so so Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. Do you want to talk about Alice and Janney in this? I actually have a very funny comparison to this, but um, it's about the kiss, so I don't know if you want to lead up to that. No, you you go, you go yeah, for it. Yeah, so Alice and Janney basically plays the same character as she does in Way Way Back, and Alice and Janney was Maya Rudolph's or Verona's old boss when they lived in Chicago. And they believe this whole time, like, oh, uh, what is L- Lily and Lowell? Lowell? Is that his name? 
Lowell, Lowell are going to be our friends yep. when we're in Phoenix. And Allison is just, you know, very, like, great, uh, obnoxious, shouting things like, where are my boobs huge before, you know, I had kids or whatever? They sucked me dry. And it's just, like, all very... Um, it's yeah. hilarious. She says very awkward things about her kids as her kids are right mm-hmm. there, like making gay jokes about her daughter and how the son doesn't listen. And yeah, it's just awkward, just the obnoxious, <laughs> loud friend. <laughs> yes. Yes. And there was a moment before they left that uh, she was hugging them goodbye. Maya Rudolph gets in the car and... Allison Janey just lays one on John Krasinski and he, you know, doesn't really <laughs> reciprocate it back and it just looks at her like, what the hell? <laughs> and he goes back into he, his car and doesn't say that, anything. He goes like stiff as a board. I know. He just looks so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I have a moment similar to this. Uh, we were at a we were at like an event, like having drinks with some friends, and one of my friends was about to leave, or I think we were leaving, so we were saying, oh, bye everyone, you know, see you later, and one of them had a little too much, and she comes up to us, and she gives me like a big hug, and she kisses me on the cheek. And she goes up to Michael, who she doesn't really know that well, and she just gives him this, like, really big embrace and gives him a huge smooch on the cheek. And I I think it's hilarious because I'm laughing my ass off watching Michael's <laughs> reaction to this. Like, what is this woman doing to me right now? <laughs> but it Amazing. very much brought me back to that. Such a good... She is so good at playing just... Going for the fences, going crazy, just like, oh, she, Allison Janney is amazing. She is. Um, the whole Phoenix part, I mean, it was nice seeing Phoenix and Tucson mentioned in this movie because that's where, you know, Haley and I, we lived for a little bit. So that's cool. And we, I know Haley, you go back there a lot. I go to Sierra Vista quite a bit, but, um... Yes, I... I think... (laughs) I think the Tucson scene has maybe my... One of the funniest... um, Funniest scenes in a movie for me, (laughs) like, of all time. And it is when they are waiting for... um, When they are waiting for Verona's sister... And they're just sitting in this lobby. And do you know what scene I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, I'm giggling right now. Okay. So they're sitting in this lobby, and this this mother comes in, and she's with her, like, toddler, who looks to be, like, four or five. And the mom's like, what is that, Beckett? What is that, Beckett? And the kid's just, like, saying, oh, that's a lamp, and that, you know. And then they go up to Verona. Like, they get really close to them and say, what is that, pointing at Verona's, you know, pregnant stomach the kid doesn't talk for a while and you know what what do you know about babies and and this kid i mean i know that he's just repeating what they told him but his delivery of this is so great he says babies like to breathe and they're good at hiding i put a 
pillow over a baby. I thought it wasn't breathing, but she was. She was sneaky, but I'll try again. <laughs> and the mom just looks horrified, <laughs> scoops the kids up and, and run, runs. But it's just this, like, maniacal little thing that you could totally picture a toddler doing. And it's, I want a, I want a movie on that little kid. <laughs> Does he become a serial killer? <laughs> yes, probably. Oh, my gosh. First time I saw that, I I could not stop laughing. I think I had to pause the movie just because it was, like, so out there. I want to know, like, the behind-the-scenes of that. Like, his acting coach, like, teaching him <laughs> how to say this horrible thing. <laughs> and his mom being present during this. Like, he got this role, <laughs> and he had it, like, it's hilarious. <laughs> Had to say the really weird stuff. Yeah, no. So I love that part. Um, anything else about Arizona? No, it was just nice and to see our home being filmed. Okay, so after Phoenix, they go to the airport. Uh, well, yeah, they're at the they're at the airport. Um, they have to, I mean, there's the funny stuff on the train. Do you, is there anything you have on the train? I was going to jump to uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's, that whole part. Oh, but, okay, yeah. I mean, they go to visit one Wait, of Wait, I want to talk about the train real fast because I love okay. that scene. Um, so. Oh, yes, I did write down a quote from that. So they go to the <laughs> airport. And the whole time, everyone keeps saying Maya Rudolph is huge, which I think is wrong. She's pregnant during the film and just so wrong because she's not that far along as everyone is saying she is. And it's just a Mm -hmm. disgusting thing to say. Well, anyway, um, she goes there and the women at the counter at the airport are judging her bump saying, oh, you need a doctor's note for nine months or whatever. And she's like, I'm not nine months. I'm four months. They're like, yeah, I can't like, like, ugh, I don't know. It was, well, anyway, they end up going on a train and John Krasinski was just so adorable. He says, railroad romance. Maybe we'll even see a buffalo. Just trying to like uplift her <laughs> moods. <laughs> And, oh, my gosh, you could tell that she wasn't really feeling good about herself because people are just being awful to her. And I can't imagine, you know, that'd be fun. But (laughs) she's like, she's feeling self-conscious. She thinks she's probably not going to lose the baby weight or she's always going to just be big. And John Krasinski is doing this very sweet stuff, like, oh, I'll love you always. I'll love you forever. I'll love you even if I can't find your vagina. I know. <laughs> and I, wrote, I wrote this quote. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the quote down of, even if you gain so much weight that I can't find your vagina, you go ahead and write that in stone in your heart. I will love you. Even if I can't find your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and, and later on it comes back. It's so good where my Rudolph says, do you promise to love me and to stop talking about your ability or inability to find my vagina? <laughs> yes. Just, 
Oh my gosh. And it was just like little stuff like that. Michael would say that if I'm feeling down about myself and it's like all good intentions, but it's just like, don't yeah. say that. <laughs> and, and Maya Rudolph is so like, we're talking a lot about John Krasinski, but this movie would not work without Mar Maya Rudolph. She is, I can't believe that she is not given more roles to do like such good stuff like this with because she's so good in this and she she's meant to play kind of the straight man to John Krasinski's quirky little dude but she's got mm -hmm. her own quirk she's super I mean Maya Rudolph is hilarious just yes. in everything that she does but it was it was new for me to see her playing like vulnerable and sad and kind of serious like this and mm -hmm. It is such a lovely moment in that train car where she's going through like, you know, I want to do this. I want to be romantic. I want to have sex. I want to like, mm -hmm. and just the feeling of like not being, I know I, as a, you know, dude, I'm not going to ever have that experience, but mm -hmm. you feel her pain mm -hmm. and you know, the, the guy is supposed to just say, that sucks. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But John Krasinski's character, he just wants to be so upbeat that he's like, I'll love you even if I can't find your vagina. And that's, <laughs> that is true love. Yes. I love it. You write that in stone. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. Um, I know we talked about how Tony Collette was supposed to be in this, but this Maggie Gyllenhaal wins with this. Um, the she plays a hippie i mean that's the best way to describe it she's mm -hmm. her her and her family they follow um the oh. three s's which is uh i wrote it down no separation no sugar and no strollers <laughs> uh dumbest oh thing gosh. ever they that sounds yeah. like my nightmare <laughs> i know uh i mean the first thing that you see of her is she's breastfeeding uh, two children, one of which is maybe a little bit too old for breastfeeding. Uh, I think that's supposed to be the joke, is that there's the baby, but then there's, like, a toddler who's, like, turns around and has a conversation with Bert and Verona and then goes back to breastfeeding. I don't know. But then she's also, like, she brings up how she breastfed another, another woman's baby. Uh-huh. And like it's just no, you don't you don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh my god, uh, that household. Have you met any people like that? Like Maggie Joan Hall and her husband. Hmm. No, and I don't want to. I kind of have, and it's just, like, not exactly, I don't have a story, but just the in, the intellectuals who think they're so smart and who talk mm -hmm. about, like, what is it, um, you know, you, I, I had this note, people put their kids in strollers and then you wonder why things are so bad in this country. People saying stuff like that, you yeah. know, or the, or the, the husband saying, you know, I didn't get to see my parents have sex. So you wonder why I have an electric complex. 
And then they, she's like, don't you mean edible complex? Don't you try to diagnose me, man. I know, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And also uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. So I, um, I went to graduate school, so I've studied a lot of theorists and just a lot of things in general. But she misquotes like one of the biggest feminists ever. And that I like lost my shit. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> no. Well, she misquotes it. And then Verona's like, she says something about one doesn't, one isn't born, but becomes a woman. Uh-huh. And, and Verona's like, what does that have to do with me having a doula? She's like, it's just the privileged, educated, like white people who think they're so much better, mm-hmm. and they, I don't know. the The people drive me crazy in that scene. Like, if I was at that dinner, I would lose my mind. But everyone in the cast is so funny during that scene that it's just. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you? Are you going to hide your lovemaking from your child? <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope that's not real. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that there are people who actually do that. I mean, of course it happens on accident. It's totally fine. But it's like... Yeah. Intentionally? Ew. Yeah. I would not want to see that. I'd be scarred. <sighs> no. I... Yeah. No. Um. Anything else on the Maggie Gyllenhaal scene? It's just all super funny. We talked about the stroller part. I love that. Yeah, I don't have anything else besides that. Oh, they're con. What is it? Continuum home. Is that what it's Continuum called? Continuum home. Yep. Ooh, no, thank you. They have a large bed where all their children and they sleep, and it's like no, thank you. So, yeah, I mean, this is, I think this is a nice moment in the movie because you get this, like, really big uptick of this is all funny. They've had the awkward stuff with Alice and Janney. They've had the really awkward stuff with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, so it's going to be madcap, like, funny each place they go. And the next two places that you visit before the end of this, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a one-two gut punch. Mm-hmm. And you don't really see the first one coming, but then the second one hits even harder. So, yeah. And I think the whole time they're getting horrible parental advice the entire... And I just think it's, it's gross if you're not asking for it, you know, to give it. Yes. And all yeah, of with these Maggie Jon pe- Hall's character. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, the, yeah, it's more, I guess, not toxic. Yeah, the only people who give good advice also have the most tragic, probably the most tragic story mm-hmm. of this film, because they leave Maggie Jon Hall, who's like, if you're on one side of the spectrum, the, the shittiest things you could be telling uh, an upcoming parent. They mm-hmm. go and see their friends in Montreal, and it's friends from college, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's a family. It's it's a husband and wife, and then they're four adopted kids, Ugh, and they're, it's I love just that this so like much. 
beautiful. They're it, kids of all different backgrounds and ages, and they go in, and they have just like one scene with this family in their home. It's a mm-hmm. big home. It's beautiful. And the minute they step out of that house, Verona is like, that is what I want. This is our family. This is what we need. And mm-hmm. it keeps getting reinforced with this, like, a beautiful scene mm-hmm. of them in a diner. And, like, I know we try to do quotes for mm-hmm. um, for the movie, but you could do that whole scene of him talking oh, about yeah. what makes a family. Mm-hmm. I mean... That is just so wonderfully done. Uh, um, yep. Where they they're telling him like the the friends of of Bert and Verona are talking about like the challenges of raising four adopted kids, but how you find love in like three a.m. when one kid is throwing up and they've thrown up in the bed of another kid and you barely get any sleep, but you just push forward because you have so much love for your family. The discussion of love with with that character is is so well done and I love how hyped you see Bert and Verona getting like, yes, this is what they want for their family. Mm-hmm. And then it takes a turn, like a left turn, where it's like, oh yes, we're mm-hmm. after two shitty people, two shitty places, mm-hmm. this looks like it's it. Mm-hmm. And they're even saying, hey, we're going to move here. We're moving to Montreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what comes up isn't isn't the reason they leave. It's we'll get to that in a second, but what you find out in the gut punch, like I don't know about you, but the every time I've watched this scene, it just, it's like a gut punch to me. I mean the the yeah. scene so you find out that um that the wife, the friend uh, she has had five miscarriages. And one thing that I hadn't noticed, I think the first couple times I'd watched it, is knowing that she's had five miscarriages, did you see her face when she was asking Verona about, like, how's it going with the baby? Has there been any complications? Like, how are you feeling? What? And did mm-hmm. you pick up on, like, how devastated she oh, looked? Oh, Yeah. Yep, I picked up on all of that, and I was like, there's something wrong here. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. there's something serious there, and you find out, and mm-hmm. Chris Messina, who is the friend in this, who's who's the husband, mm-hmm. he gives two great speeches in this movie. First, the one about love, and then mm-hmm. another one about loss, and, like, what it means to have a partner who has a miscarriage and like he doesn't know what to do and how to grieve. And then they like, they embrace and they hug each other. And I like that Bert and Verona are just, there's the eye contact with them where they're like, this is bad. We, we can't talk about this. We just need to move on. Yeah. So I almost wish that they had included a little bit of a scene of like Bert trying to um, cheer people up, but I don't think it would have worked because no. that's that's not something that you can really like 
it's kind of toxic positivity there. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's it a good just, phrase. I, yeah, that's the perfect way to put, put it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to kind of feel shitty and feel sad. Mm-hmm. And so he, he lets them and mm-hmm. it's almost a shame that they don't let you like go on in this part of the story and let you explore Montreal because what's, what's the next stop? I'll let you, I've, I've been uh, talking a lot. <laughs> oh, it's okay. This is your favorite movie. Um, they go to Bert's brother. Uh, his wife just left him and they, he's just devastated. He had, they have a daughter. The daughter is, I think, I don't know she's kind of young, seven or eight, would you yeah, say? She, I was going to say like eight or nine. So yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. But he's just, you know, like, very devastated. He's like, you know, I can't teach her, you know, like, little things here and there, like, how to do her hair or how to, like, you know, talk to a guy. And just, like, these things that a mom is supposed to do that a dad can't really help with. Yeah, the the line, in one fell swoop, uh, she has turned this little girl into an introvert. And, mm-hmm. like... I think maybe the most heartbreaking moment in this movie, and and this comes right after the discussion of the family that's had five miscarriages, is you see this sweet little moment where Bert and Verona are trying to like help the little girl go to sleep, and you know that the, mm-hmm. the dad is Bert's brother is like freaking out. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to keep it together, but you don't really see anything from her perspective, the daughters. And then mm-hmm. as they're getting up to leave, Bert walks out, the brother walks out, and then as Verona's getting ready to leave, she goes, Can you stay for a little bit? Oh my gosh. Oof. That got me all teary eyed. So sad. And and Verona, Maya Rudolph plays that scene perfectly. She just says, of course. I think she even calls her, like, um, of course, little chicken or something like that and just kisses her and, like, mm-hmm. sits with her. And you see her singing to her in the background. Oh, it's just... Yeah, yeah. it was a wonderful scene. Uh, but heartbreaking, heartbreaking, too. So... Yeah. Oh, I love... Um, what comes after this, uh, John Krasinski, Bert, he is just furious, just furious at the mom, wife, or whatever. He has, like, a directory of everyone that knows her, and he's calling up everybody. He's like, I want answers. Where is she? (laughs) And it's just like, he he is pissed, and he's just, like, calling everybody. It's like one in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, him on the trampoline trying to call people in the middle of the night is hilarious. Which comes to my favorite scene, probably of the whole um, movie, is the vow scene, where uh, the whole time uh, Verona is very adamant. She doesn't want to get married because she thinks it's a, I don't know, she doesn't want to. And Bert very much wants to. And they are doing she's like I won't do this or I won't ever leave you or I vow to never leave you and they just start making these very big and sweet promises to each other to let them know that like hey I'm in this because he's freaking out 
about like what if she leaves him so yeah the throughout the whole movie there's the joke that she won't get married she she refuses to marry him and you find out it's because at the at this end point because her parents wouldn't be at the wedding mm, like so her sad. dad wouldn't walk her down the aisle her parents couldn't be there so she she sees no point in getting married because she can't share it with her parents which is heartbreaking mm-hmm. and i feel so dumb i've loved this movie i love i've loved this scene it wasn't until this until this rewatch mm-hmm. that it fully clicked with me that them on the trampoline that's their wedding Oh, they're saying is. their vows like yeah. they're like you uh, it pisses me off that you got it you know like you called the vows thing because <laughs> it just clicked with me this time it was like uh-huh. oh my god they're getting married to each other right now but well, not i like, didn't see it that way the married no, thing you, i saw it as like vows like i'm never gonna leave you we don't need to do that and that's what I mean is that mm-hmm. they're they're exchanging their vows and their promises yeah. to one another, which is is that what is you're wedding. supposed to be yeah. like the big thing at the wedding. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, there's so many great little things in um, in the vows that they do, where it's you know first of um, don't ever leave me, don't ever. He really emphasizes like pro- promise me you will never leave her, mm-hmm. leave the daughter. Um, and yet there's just, there's sweet little back and forths and the camera work is done so well. You you just, you're watching just their faces at side by side or it'll switch, but it, like, it's such a beautiful scene. Yes. I love that so much. It was so sweet and, oh, it was a great scene. That that could almost be the end of the movie is them just like together and but then it cuts to the title card. So we've had title cards every time of where they're going. Mm-hmm. You know, away to Phoenix, away to Montreal, but this time it just says home. And they go home. to they go to Verona's parents' house. And you've heard mm-hmm. talk about it like she hasn't been there in a while. And there's barely any dialogue. It's just them walking in and like the music swells. Soundtrack to this movie is so good. And then they just sit on the porch and they're like, I think this could work for us. I love what John says. Our, his eyes are just watery. He's just in disbelief. Like, you live here? It's like this place is perfect for us. And it's just this like sigh of like, oh my gosh. We're home. I know. It, it's it's so beautiful. It's one of my favorite endings to a movie because you don't yes. have the typical like romantic thing. You don't you don't see them give birth to the baby. That's not what the story's about. It's about them mm-hmm. finding their home for their baby before they get there. Mm-hmm. You don't see like a cheesy romantic kiss. It's just them sitting at their new home. And taking it in together. Yeah. And like, she's crying because it's her childhood home. And she says one of the only lines from this end scene of, I forgot how beautiful it was. Mm-hmm. And then him, like, just, like you said, just wide-eyed and just, I can't mm-hmm. believe this. And the house is in disrepair. 
It it mm-hmm. looks like it has not been lived in in a while. It has issues. He has to like force a door open. Mm-hmm. But from everything you've seen, it's the perfect home for them. It literally felt like a breath of fresh air when they were on the patio, just like looking out. Like it, it felt like you could mm-hmm. feel it. It was really good. I liked at the beginning. He said to her. You know, he wants all of these things. He's doing all of these classes for this baby. And he says, I want her to, her childhood to be Huck Finney. And Maya says, or Verona says, I, my childhood was like that. And you go back to this and you can just see, like, it's absolutely perfect. It's absolutely perfect for what they wanted at the beginning. Yeah. And again, I think... With uh, many other actors, if they had done this, it, would, it wouldn't have worked. But these two together, and especially Maya Rudolph, when she, right before this, Maya Rudolph gives this great speech about how she remembers her childhood home and how everything that they've done reminds her and like talking about the fruit on the trees and the tricks mm-hmm. they played on their dad. And it's just, she describes home. Every mm-hmm. place else has just been a nice visit. And then you see it. They they do. It's really cool. They in storytelling you're supposed to, you know, show don't tell. Uh huh. That's like, you know, especially with movies like, don't just tell audiences that this is what love is like, but show what this is what love is like. Mm-hmm. They flip it a little bit here. She tells us what home is, like what mm-hmm. their home should be, and then they show it but they still work so well together. I such a perfect end to this movie. Yes, it was it was I think I love the way way back's ending, but I yep. love this ending I think more. I know. I I wanted to read just if you'll indulge me, I wanted yeah. to read a the end of the review one of my favorite reviews for this film. Okay. And I think a good encapsulation. It's from Pajiba, um, <laughs> from the uh, critic Daniel Carlson. Did you know that we've been saying Pajiba wrong forever? Pajiba? Pajiba. Oh. I'm still going to say, I'm still going to say Pajiba, but. I like Pajiba better. It's actually pronounced Pajiba. So. That's weird. <sighs> The, I, I just, please uh, humor me. I just love this. Yeah. Because that's what A Way We Go is about and what it manages to sublimely stumble upon in a pitch-perfect ending that it can't help but call to mind the lofty, the lofty, wordless emotion of the closing pages of Edgar's book from a decade earlier. These are young people figuring out how to take care of each other, wondering what it means to be an adult, and trying to discover the place they've been looking for their whole lives to find. It makes sense that so much of that search, though filled with surreal adventures and unique characters, is set to the strings of singer-songwriter Alexi Murdoch. Sam Mendes's ability to blend music and image to summon an unnameable emotion is on a certain level, admittedly a bit of a cheat. Um, 
but the scenes and sequences that rely on Alexei Murdoch's music never feel gimmicky or cliched, and certainly not as if a filmmaker ran out of ideas and decided to throw a song on top of things in a hope that this moment might, you know, be carried home. No, the song uh, and sights together do more than the most eloquent, eloquent words could do to communicate the love and longing Bert and Verona feel for each other. Because sometimes there just aren't words. And that, that's the perfect way to sum up this. Like, it could be so cheesy to have the big swell of music at the end mm-hmm. and just them looking at, but he does it so well where it's loud. The music gets loud at the end. Mm-hmm. It's it almost does. overwhelming, but mm-hmm. you're meant to feel that because they are overwhelmed. Ah, uh, I. I love this ending. I'll stop talking. You talk about something. I can't get over how good the ending of this movie is. Yeah, the ending is perfect. Um, I love John Krasinski's acting at the end. Um, Just, he is able to display for me, like, the most authentic reactions. And I've noticed that in The Office when he tolls tells Pam that, you know, I'm in love with you. And it's just like yep. so authentic. I don't know. He has a way of like getting into your like soul. <laughs> so good. They both of them are just yes, so too. fucking good in this movie. I I want more stuff with her. That's I mean, she's been the best part of our watch of Big Mouth. She's hilarious on that. She's hilarious in everything that she does, but I want more serious Maya Rudolph roles. Mm-hmm. She's so good in this. She is. I love her. She's my I don't favorite. Know. I, I don't know if I have much else to say. I just, I love this movie. Watch this movie, please. <laughs> if you have not. If I don't know why you're listening to this at this point. If you um, haven't watched the movie, this has to have been just weird babble, but um, yes, watch this movie. I'm going to again, probably. <laughs> yes, okay. I'm glad I rewatched it. I'm glad you were watching. I'm glad you liked it and you didn't hate it like some of the other movies I tell you to watch. What? It's only like really science fiction stuff that I don't really like. But if you can, ex- if people, I'm, my mind can change. If you can like, I don't know. It's not, we'll, we'll like, do, fixed. I, I can change my mind. We'll do a sci-fi theme, and I'll... Oh, please, we, no. we should do... We should do a theme... We should do two themes, um, like, challenge months, or, or maybe even just, like, one month, where we have to bring movies to try to convince the other person to like it. It might be something that we dislike that we have to come around on. Oh... That's going to be interstellar and all that. Oh, yes. We could talk about that. Okay. <laughs> well, that is the end of our coming of age, growing up, becoming an adult theme uh, that we're doing. It's It's been really fun watching these movies. These, You know, they've all been kind of pretty uplifting. It's been great. Um, what is... What's on the horizon for us? What's next, Ailey? Yes. So what's next is my birthday, which is the most important day of the year, just saying. 
Uh, we are watching Jaws because I get to pick the movie. It's my birthday. <laughs> and uh, we have some disagreements. Zach doesn't I've never think... heard of this movie. What? No. Zach gave it a horrible rating. And a horrible rating? Yes, yes. You gave it average. Jaws is better than average. <laughs> Let's not even go there. But anyway, we'll get into it. I am going to verbally fight him on this. No, I'm joking. He, <laughs> <laughs> but not really. But I am. <laughs> She's um, gonna anyway. hire someone to hit me with some onion rings. <laughs> yes, but we're are going. To, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to discuss Jaws, and I'm so and excited. I'm excited too. Now, Jaws is the beginning of our new theme. What is our new theme? What's our stuff for October? Uh, um, it's horror month, uh, scary movies. Um, yep. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're revisiting movies that I don't want to ever revisit again because they scared the shit out of me. So it's going to be a great time. We're, yeah. we're not going to sleep much in October, but it's going to be, uh, we're doing it for you, dear listener. We're doing, <laughs> doing it for you. Doing it for the fine. Yes, for the vine. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yes. Please, please rate and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think. Um, maybe if, you know, there's a nice review or a super mean review, maybe we'd read it on air and we could cry publicly. I talk about crying a lot. Um, I, I do cry, I promise. Uh, but no, we'd love to hear what you think. If you've got movie suggestions, anything that you want us to do, or if you think we need to change up our format. We're, we're new to the whole podcast game, uh, but we're having a lot of fun doing it. So let us know what you think. Yes, and please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at La- <laughs> I'm sorry, at us laughing at us, and join our Facebook group and tell your grandmother that we say hello. She smells a little bit too much like Werther's Originals, but she's a nice lady, so tell her we said hi. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening to Laughing at Us. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.